0: If you're new, my name is Trent, one of the pastors on staff here, and I'm super excited for our team that's in Guatemala. So if you can just kind of get the picture that they're experiencing their first bilingual service today with our partner church down there, Iglesia del Camino. And so they're experiencing that today and going to get a chance to tour Antigua and kind of see what they're going to be doing all week. So as Chris said, please be praying for them all week long. Now, another team that I ask you to be praying for is a a team that we're going to see here on the screen in just a second. So we've got a team that's going to Ukraine tomorrow. And uh, we've got uh, one or one fan couple, uh, Don and Ann Craft, are not in this picture, but they're going to be going with us as well. This is a trip that we haven't really been publicizing a whole lot, um, but we're going to explore an opportunity in Ukraine to serve with an organization called Serve Now. And in Ukraine, what they do is they put on summer camps for kids that are orphans or refugees from the war with Russia or kids that are just at risk of being sucked into human trafficking. So they've got about 80 kids that are going to be coming to this camp, and we have an opportunity to host them all week long. It's a camp that they stay at. And so we'll be there with them actually two weeks, and we'll be doing. Bible lessons, English lessons, uh, which is going to be interesting because I don't really speak English that well, (laughs) even though it's my primary language. Um, So I'll see if I can mess them up a little bit. We're going to be doing games and crafts. And and really, we're going to be trying to pour into these kids a deep understanding that God is for them, that God loves them. Sad reality for many of these kids is they grow up in a culture that they don't have any understanding of God. They don't really know who God is, not taught much about him, not taught about the Bible, not taught how to have a relationship with him. And so they are uh, lacking severely in that area. So we're going to have an opportunity to do that. So if you would, maybe on the card that you have for the Guatemala team, just right at the bottom, pray for the Ukraine team and, and pray that Trent doesn't mess up those kids too badly with their English And uh, we would appreciate that. We'll be back in two weeks and uh, excited to tell you all the cool things that are happening there. So actually, what I'd like to do is let's start this morning by praying for our Guatemala team and our Ukraine team. And then we'll start talking about Hebrews. So God, thank you for our team that's in Guatemala this morning. I'm super excited for them and the experience that they're going to have. I know several of them have have been before and they're they're returners coming back and and deepening their relationships that they have with their partner church there and the organization that's there and the families that are there. But we've got a number of folks that they're going for the very first time. First time for for some of them to be out of the country, first time for them to experience what it's like to serve in this context. So Lord, we pray for an amazing day, even during the church service today, which I, I think might be going on right now that they would understand that you, God, are working all around the world. And you just ask us to join you in what you're doing. So I pray that you would open their eyes to the many opportunities that they'll have this week to show people your love. And I pray that they would come home completely wrecked by this experience and that they would never be the same. Lord, I pray for our Ukraine team as well. Um, Lord, we've got incredible opportunities we go and explore this partnership and explore this opportunity to serve in Ukraine. So Lord, just go before us and do what only you can do. Um, Lord, we pray for kids to come to know you personally. I pray that this camp will be a life-changing experience for them, where they will be able to look back in their lives and say, at that camp, I met Jesus and he transformed my life. So Lord, be with our team and be with all the kids that we're going to be serving there. And this morning, God, be with us as we're looking at Hebrews uh, chapter 12. Uh, I I ask that you would speak powerfully to all of us, and I know you have a, a message for each one of us. So speak that unique message to each of us. Our hearts are open. In Jesus' name, amen. So today we are ending our Hebrews series that we have called Anchored. And in this series, what we've learned is the author of Hebrews... Um, I, I think it's probably Paul. And there's a lot of debate out there uh, with Bible scholars on actually who wrote the, the letter of Hebrews. Um, but it sure looks like Paul. Um, but, you know, it's not a hill that anybody's really willing to die on. Um, so it could be Paul, it could be somebody else. But the author of Hebrews, what they're writing, they're making this declaration all throughout the 13 chapters. The declaration is this Jesus is greater than anyone or anything. And Jesus is the only one you should ever anchor your life to. Jesus is greater than any relationship you, you could ever be in. Jesus is greater than any other belief system that you could have. Jesus is greater than any old habit that you could hold on to. Jesus is greater than anyone or anything. The reason the author of Hebrews makes that case is because there were these early New Testament Christians who had put their faith in Jesus, and then when following Jesus got hard, they walked away. They walked back to these old practices that they had, these old familiar religious systems. And when they walked back to those things and walked away from Jesus, uh, the author of Hebrews comes in and says, don't do that. I know it may be tempting to do that, but that thing couldn't anchor you. That relationship couldn't anchor you. That belief system couldn't anchor you. Only Jesus can. So don't quit on Jesus just because following Jesus has gotten hard. Can I get anybody to give like a verbal witness that sometimes following Jesus is difficult? Maybe a show of hands. Anybody like know that? All right, like everybody's hands should be up and maybe a couple of feet too, you know? So sometimes following Jesus is difficult. The author of Hebrews says, here's some things you should focus on when following Jesus gets hard. So we're gonna start in Hebrews chapter 12, verse one. If you're a note taker, Today's a great day to take notes cuz there's a lot of information that we're going to go over and it's some very practical things and there's going to be one thing and I challenge you to find this one thing for you. What's the one thing you need to focus on in your life this week? What's the one thing you need to hold on to and say that I went there that day for that. Like that's mine. That's what I got to take home and focus on all week. There's going to be something. So Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 starts This way, it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Now, we're going to pull this, this verse and several other verses apart this morning, but as we begin, let me ask, how many people do we have here who actually like to run, like tie sneakers and go outside and run? Don't be bashful. Raise your hand high. There's like five of you, <laughs> six maybe. Okay, my, my hand is not up with that. I was just trying to help you get your hand up. Um, I actually hate to run. I grew up playing. My favorite sport was soccer. Anybody like soccer? Soccer was great. I loved it growing up. It was super fun. I had energy. It was great. Then I got to high school, and I went... I'm not doing soccer anymore because they run all the time. And so I decided, I I like looked through all the sports that my public high school offered. And I said, what is the sport that does the least amount of running? (laughs) There's like the chess team, but I was like, okay, that's not quite a sport. I kind of, I want to do sports. Um, So I decided wrestling. Like my, My brother wrestled when he was in like the fifth grade. So I don't know why that motivated me, but uh, I was like, hey, wrestlers don't run, right? They just roll around on the mat. Like, that'll probably be cool. So I tried out for the team, made the team, and found out that wrestlers run with the the track team and the cross-country team. And I'm like, you are kidding me. How did I not know this? This is horrible. So like, I hate running. Like, that's just, that's not fun. Those of you who like to run, we envy you we want to be you, but we don't like you. So no offense, I'm sorry, but you know, like most of us are irritated with you and that you like that. Um, In this verse, the author is talking about a race. He's talking about an endurance race. He's talking about something that's similar to a marathon. So um, somebody tell me how long a marathon is. 26.2, somebody said too long, yep, it's too long. 26, and don't forget the .2. I don't know, you know, where'd that come from? I mean, you ran 26, like give me the point two, okay? 26.2 miles, that's like running from here to Daytona. Anybody wanna jog down there, have dinner, lunch today? I'll see you next week when I get down there because I'm not gonna be making it there, you know, this week. Um, so the author's talking about an endurance race. The Greek word in this verse for race is the English word where we get agony from. (laughs) Then that sound appropriate. It does. It's like a marathon. Oh, that's agony. Why would anybody want to do that? That is crazy. And here's where the author of Hebrews says, here's what you need to know. And again, remember who he's talking to. He's talking to Christ followers who have been tempted to walk away from their faith in Jesus. And so he says to them, he says, listen, the reality is following Jesus is hard at times. Sometimes it's agonizing. Sometimes it's going to be really hard. You need to know that. But there are some things that you should focus on because following Jesus leads to something you will never regret. So you need to focus on these things in those moments when it gets difficult. So that's what we're going to pull apart in, in verse one. So verse one, starting back at the top, it says this. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. Now, most often when pastors teach a passage that has the word therefore in it, they, they say a corny joke. Um, I understand that Evan said this corny joke a few weeks ago, and I'm about to say it right now. Corny joke goes like this. Anytime you see in the Bible the word therefore, you need to find out what it's there for. Corny joke, but it's true. So when you see that word therefore, you need to look back and find out why is this word therefore? What, what, what is its purpose? What is it helping me to understand? So we got to look back and find out what, why it was placed there. This therefore was placed in this verse to point back to Hebrews chapter 11. That's where Evan taught last week and did a great job of helping us understand what faith really means. So Hebrews 11 is the hall of faith chapter. And so the author says, listen, like faith is not this blind belief where we just say, I hope something happens. Faith is is where we trust in a God who keeps his promises. It's faith in action. And so we, we say, I believe what God is doing, so I'm gonna put my faith into action and I'm going to trust in this God who always meets his promises. And then the author goes through a list of people, a huge list of people. Abraham's in that list, Enoch's in that list, uh, Isaac's in that list, Moses is in that list, Jacob's in that list. And the author says, listen, all these people saw God do amazing things in their lives because of their faith. And that can happen for us too. The second part of chapter 11 is a part that I don't know that I've heard it taught very often. Often when we teach the uh, first part of chapter 11, we stop and then we leave the the last part off. I was so grateful that Evan included the last part because you know what happened in the last part? The author says, listen, but there were other people. There were people who had just as much faith as Abraham, as Moses, as David. They had just as much faith. They put their faith in action. You know what happened to them? They were whipped. They were beaten. They lived in caves. They were sawn in half. Isn't that super exciting? Don't you just want to sign up to follow Jesus if you're not a Christ follower? But the author of Hebrews says, listen, those people were too good for this world they focused on something that we need to focus on. We got to learn from them. And the people at the beginning of Hebrews 11, the people at the end of Hebrews 11, they're all a part of this huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. And the cool thing about these people is that we can still learn from them. We can learn from them today. So if you ever get to a spot where you feel like God is asking you to do something crazy. Has anybody ever felt like God asked them to do something crazy? Like I I have. There's moments I'm like, God, really? Like, Like being involved in a church was one. Starting a church was one. Working in a church was another. I'm like, really? Me? Like, that's crazy. But in those moments when we feel like God's asking us to do something crazy, we can learn from people in the Bible like Noah. When God came along to Noah and said, I want you to build an ark. And Noah said, what's that? God said, You better build it because it's gonna rain. He said, What's that? We're like, we don't have rain. And yet God guided him through that moment where Noah was like, like, I don't get it. This is crazy. And everybody else thought, You're crazy. God didn't ask you to do that. It didn't rain around here. But God guided him in those moments. In moments where we feel like the challenge ahead of us is too big. Like we just can't, we can't overcome it. It's too big. Or we failed. Like we failed in such a big way, we go like, God will never use me. We can learn from people like David in the Bible. There's some big things. I mean, David and Goliath, that David is a David that later that had one of his biggest failures and watched his kingdom be kind of torn apart in front of his eyes. So there are so many people in the Bible that we can learn from, and they have gone before us. They're part of this huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. They're in this book. So we've got to become students of this book. We've got to open it, spend time reading it, and learning from the people who can coach us and cheer us on as we're running the race that God has set before us. Now, here's the, the mental image that I have for this huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, that, that we, uh, those of us who are Christ followers are living is that they, when they finished their race, whenever their, their time on earth was finished and they crossed into eternity, they stepped across that finish line and then they sat down in the bleachers of heaven and all of heaven is focused on planet earth and what's going on here. And they right now are cheering us on. So they're cheering us on. If you're a Christ follower, they're cheering you on and they're saying, keep going, don't quit, don't stop, it's worth it. So like, get this idea. Abraham is cheering for you. Abraham's saying, keep going. Don't stop. When it gets difficult, don't quit. When when following Jesus gets hard, develop your spiritual muscles and lean into Jesus. Don't lean away from him. You will never regret it. There are all these people of faith that are cheering us on. If you're not a Christ follower, imagine this. You have Moses cheering you on, saying, you've got to put your faith in Jesus. Jesus is the only one you can anchor your life to for all of eternity. So put your faith in him. So we all have people cheering us on as we run the race that God has set before us. You know who else is there for me? My dad. So July 2nd marks 15 years since my dad passed. And and my dad was like my hero. Um, And he, he lived the Christian life for me got leukemia when he was in his early 50s, battled that for 11 years, and and then uh, finished his race. And it's so encouraging to me to think, you know what my dad's doing right now? He's sitting in the bleachers of heaven cheering for me, cheering for my wife, cheering for my kids. And he's saying, don't quit. When following Jesus, gets hard, don't stop. Like, I, I crossed the finish line. I'm, I'm here. Like, I'm experiencing what God has prepared for those who love him. So Trent, don't stop. Do you hear those people? That is super encouraging to me because of this. I've found, and I haven't run too many races because I, I told you earlier, I hate running. I've run a few 5Ks, I've run a marathon. And I've found that I run better when people are cheering for me. It's just a psychological thing, I know it. But in the section of the race where there's nobody, nobody cheering, I'm like shuffling, I'm like, this sucks. This sucks. I slouch more. I want to quit more. And when I come around the corner and there's a group, hopefully at the, close to the finish line, there's people like, like, yay, keep going. You're almost there. Wow, that guy looks like he's going to die. Don't die. Hang in there. When I hear those people, like, like I run a little better. My posture gets better. I take bigger strides and I stick my chest out a little bit more. I don't know what it is. Psychological, I'm sure. I run a little better when I know somebody's cheering for me. That can help us when following Jesus gets difficult. There are people right now cheering for you. They're saying, don't quit. Keep going. Keep running. I know it's hard, but the reward is worth it. So hang in there. So we need to use that as leverage in those moments when following Jesus really gets challenging. Now, Hebrews chapter 12, verse one, continues. It says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Now, this is a super important principle um, that I've learned when it comes to running. Uh, When we run, whatever it is, a jog, a 5K, 10K, marathon, ultra, whatever, um, it's best for us to run with the least amount of weight possible. We get that intellectually. We understand that here. But in the Christian life, we don't always understand that because we run with weight. Um, some of us run with the weight of a past failure. So we have experienced a failure in our lives. And it's something big, and we look back at that thing, and that thing has kind of been the anchor that we drag around, and we can't ever feel like we move on anywhere else in life because, yeah, I remember that thing? Oh, yeah, remember that failure? Oh, yeah, like I'm never going to let that go. Like I'll never get beyond that. Other people won't let me let that go. I probably won't let me let that go. So we, we run with, with stuff like that. We also run with sin issues where that verse said, strip off that sin that so easily trips us up. Sometimes we have a sin issue, and maybe other people know about it. Maybe they don't. Maybe we're the only ones that know about it. But it's something that's in our lives, and maybe it's been in our lives for a long time, and we just kind of trip over that thing every once in a while. Maybe it's once a week. Maybe it's once a year. Maybe we go, you know, a number of months, and like, hey, life is good. Like, I, there's been a lot of distance between me and that last time I did that thing. And yet, when Following Jesus gets hard. We give in to that. We trip up and we're like, I'm such a failure. The guilt comes, the shame comes. We enter that cycle again of trying to earn our relationship with God back. And like, like, how am I going to run the race that God has set before me with, with this sin issue in my life? Maybe something's happened to you. Maybe, maybe there's something that was like a, a really bad thing. And, and you look at that thing and you're like, man, you know what? That thing was unfair. I can't believe that happened. I can't believe that person did that to me. It was horrible. But it's stuck in, in your life. And so you carry around the weight of that. Or maybe you're too busy for God. Here's one that like, it's super hard to see Sometimes. And I'm just so busy. I have all these good intentions. I want to follow God. I want to read my Bible. I want to go to church. I want to get active in a small group, get active in serving. Yeah, I want to do all that stuff, but like I, I don't because I'm just so busy, and then there's an extra weight that we throw on. Or like any number of things that, that can be a weight that, that we carry around in our lives. Maybe some doubt, maybe some questions, and, and maybe you've got these questions, and like they're big questions, but you don't Try to get real answers for them. You just kind of hold on to those questions, and those questions kind of keep you at a distance in your relationship with God. God's there, but kind of at a distance. Um, Somebody tell me I look a little ridiculous for a race. (laughs) I don't feel like I'm ready for a race, but can you imagine if I showed up at the next 5K, you know, downtown center, like, "Woo, I'm ready. I'm here to run the race. Like, anybody got an extra bag? Like, need me to carry something? I already got some. Like, I'll take yours. It'll be good. This is ridiculous, but this is how many of us run the race of, of the Christian life. We run like this, and so God says, listen, get rid of that. Get rid of the weight. If, if you are focused on a failure, Jesus says, there's no condemnation for you. There's no condemnation, so like, forgive yourself and, and move away from that thing. If, if you're focused on bitterness, like you're holding on to that thing, like that person did that thing to me, so I'm holding on to this thing forever, it's just hurting you. It's not helping you. So get rid of that thing. I'm not sure which one of these things to take off next. Uh, If you're too busy for God, God says, slow down. If you're too busy for me, you are way too busy. Slow down. And take that that weight. Learn how to manage your time in a different way. Prioritize your relationship with God. If you've got the sin issue that keeps tripping you up, here's where God says, like, it's time. It's time to get honest, like deal with that thing. Acknowledge it, confess it to God, confess it to somebody else. Find somebody. So listen, I need to confess something to you. I need your help. Will you help me with this? Get serious about it. Do you need to go to recovery ministry? Do that. We've got a great one in town, Celebrate Recovery. Meets on Friday night over at Palm Coast Community Church. If you've got a hurt, a habit, or a hangup, you should go check it out. And guess who has hurts, habits, and hangups? Me and you, all of us. We all do. So we can all learn from, from that stuff. And God says, get rid of that. Whatever that thing is in, in your life, God says, deal with it. Take off the weight so that you can run the race that I have set before you. So my question for you is, what's your weight? What's slowing you down? What is it in your life? that's slowing you down from running the race that God has set before you? And will you deal with it today? Will this be the week that you say, you know what, I got serious. I got serious about that thing in my life on July 9th, 2017. Another thing that the author of Hebrews encourages us to do in this verse is run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Now, we've already established the fact that this author is talking about more of a marathon than any other type of race. And um, that's, again, not super exciting to me when I read that because I I like the shorter stuff. I don't like that long distance endurance kind of stuff. That's really annoying. Uh, But 10 years ago, a friend of mine who loves to run challenged me to run a marathon, and I said, like, you're out of your mind. Like, I would never want to do that in a million years. Like, that's just stupid. Like, who runs marathons? Sorry if you run a marathon. <laughs> and then I felt like God was asking me to run a marathon. I'm like, that's not fair. Like, come on. Like, would my friend, like, working with God to get me to, to try to run this marathon? But here's what I felt like God was saying. I felt like God was saying to me, listen, Trent, the Christian life is more like a marathon than a sprint. And I want to take you through a very practical experience that's gonna help you the rest of your life and how to run the race I've set before you. It's not about the race. It's not about how you do in the marathon. It's about how you do as you're training for the marathon and the things that I wanna teach you on that journey. So I did that. Didn't break any land speed records or anything. But here's some things that, that I am learning from that experience, even though it was like 10 years ago. I'm still learning some of these things. First thing is this. We have to train to run a marathon. We can't just try. We can't just wake up one day and say, well, I'm going to run a marathon this weekend. I mean, you can. And you might have an interesting funeral with your family as they gather around you and say they, they like ran a marathon, didn't train for it. Um, We've got to commit to that. We've got to commit to training. We've got to go out when we feel like it. We have to go out when we don't feel like it. We have to go out when when somebody's running with us. We have to go out when nobody's running with us. We have to go out in the fall when it's cool and great and the humidity's low. We have to go out in like July when you step outside and you're already in the shower and sweating, feel like you have run the marathon. Like we've got to go out and run all the time. Same thing is true in the Christian life. We've got to follow Jesus when we like it, when it's working for us, when it's not working for us, when we want to, when we don't want to, when when we're seeing benefits and rewards from it, when it's hard and difficult and we're wondering if there's any rewards to it. It's the same stuff. We have to train. We can't just try. We have to train. Interesting thing about my friend that talked me into the marathon. He had done several other marathons. He was a really good runner, but he decided that year he wasn't going to train. So we got to the marathon, And I was chugging along, doing my thing. About halfway through, he's got this heart monitor around his chest. And he goes, my heartbeat is like 220. (laughs) He thought he was going to die in that experience. I'm so grateful that my friend did not die. But it reminded me of the fact that we've got to train. We've got to commit to training in the Christian life. We can't just try to, to run a marathon. Another thing that stood out to me is, is this there is more in us than we realize. There is more in you, especially as a Christ follower, than you realize. And when I was training for that marathon and running, you know, I, like every moment I was horrible and I wanted to quit all the time. Um, and then I started having those conversations with myself like, you know, it's just my friend and I hate running and he loves it. I'll just back out, no big deal only God talked to me. Nobody else knows about that conversation. So, you know, I'll, I'll just be disappointing God. Nobody else will be disappointed. And in those moments, I'm like, you know, I'm like, what am I doing this for? I'm out here in the middle of nowhere running. This is stupid. And I was tempted to quit. And I would hear God whisper, are you going to quit on me when life gets hard? Are you going to stop following me when it gets difficult to be a Christ follower? in those moments, I would dig deeper and, okay, I'm going to keep going. And so I would start running again and find resources that I didn't know I had in those moments. And here's the interesting thing about our resources and God's resources. God's resources usually begin at the end of ours. So if you're in a situation right now where you think, I can't handle this, I can't, I can't handle another day. I can't handle the situation. I can't handle this relationship. I can't handle this job thing, this financial thing, this school thing, whatever. If you're in that spot, you're in the perfect spot to see God do something supernatural. Because at the, at the end of your resources is the beginning of God's. And that's where we trust God and go, okay, God, I've done everything I can. I've tried to control it and manipulate it all I can. And we have to step back and watch God do what only God can do. There is more in you than you realize Next thing is how we finish the race is more important than how we start. At the beginning of the races that I've done, uh, it's kind of fun because there's this kind of a buzz that's there and everybody's super excited. And, you know, I think (laughs) I'm going to win. Not. I'm going to run. This is great. It's exciting. At the beginning, the gun goes off and then the reality hits. And one of the realities is not everybody who starts a race finishes a race. And I've watched in the Christian life too many people who start strong for God and then quit. Oh, that got hard. I mean, they may do it for a few months. They may do it for a few years. And then when something happens, whatever that obstacle is, whatever that unique thing for them is, where they go like, well, I just can't do it anymore, it happens, and then they back out. It's not about how we start. You can start strong and finish terrible. It's about finishing well and our relationship with God. Another thing that gets us right back into uh, verse 1 is we have to run our race, not someone else's race. So verse 1 says we have to run the race that God has set before us. And here's how many of us run our race. We look at other people. I wish I was him. I wish I was her. I mean, if I had their legs, if I had their lungs, this would be so much easier. I wish they were running my race and they would see how hard it is. We compare ourselves all the time to people we shouldn't compare ourselves to. We compare our lives to their lives, our marriage to their marriage, our kids to their kids, our career to their career. We shouldn't do that. And yet we do that all the time. We're stuck comparing ourselves to other people and we need to focus on our race. So when I was running that marathon 10 years ago, there were the elite athletes that started at the front, and they were the people that sprinted the whole thing. Like when I got out of the starting uh, gate, they were coming back to finish. (laughs) And uh, I really didn't like those people. I really had to pray hard, you know, because I wanted to hurt them, um, but I couldn't catch them (laughs) to hurt them. And then I looked around the race that I was running, I saw all kinds of people. I saw young people, I saw old people, I saw grandpas, I saw grandmas, I saw a guy running with arm crutches. And here I am running along and I'm going, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. And then this guy goes past me with arm crutches and I go, I suck, I suck, I suck, I suck. And God whispered, everybody's running their own race. You're not in competition with him, you're not in competition with them. Nobody's in competition with each other. You need to focus on running your race with your abilities, your talents, your weaknesses, your struggles, your strengths. I've asked you to run a race. I've set a race before you. I set a different race before somebody else. So don't run their race. Don't wish you were running their race. Don't compare yourself to them. Run your race and stay focused on that. Verse two tells us how to do that. Verse two says, we do this, By keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. So we run our race by keeping our eyes on Jesus. And so I have to ask this morning, are your eyes on Jesus? In the race that you're running, are you looking at Jesus? Are you looking somewhere else? Are you looking at somebody else who you think is maybe running faster and you're looking at their resources and what they have and their life, and you're just envious of what they have. Are you looking at someone who is saying to you, you can't do it, you might as well quit? Because we all have that. There's somebody out there saying, like, you're not good enough, you're not gonna make it, you're not a good enough Christian. Like, you remember like yesterday when you blew it and did that stupid thing? You should quit, you should stop. You should just like, you know, be a bystander, not a racer. Are you looking at Jesus? Because he's not saying that. The huge crowd of witnesses in heaven, they're not saying that. Are you looking at Jesus or that person? Are you looking at Jesus? Or are you looking at the pain that you feel right now or maybe somebody else feels in your life or you see some other pain in the world somewhere? You know, in those moments where we're, we're in pain, you know, our legs hurt, our lungs hurt, it's easy to, to take our eyes off of what we're doing and what the goal is and to focus on the pain of the moment. Are you in some pain right now? That you're focused more on that than anything else? The author of Hebrews says, keep your eyes on Jesus. Stay focused on him. Push past the pain of the moment to the reward that awaits you. And then in the rest of verse two, the author tells us how Jesus did that. And this is, this is amazing to me when you think, have you ever thought the reality that Jesus was given a race to run. And it was an extremely hard race. It was a race none of us could run. And yet he ran it well. He ran it beautifully all the way to the end. So listen to what this verse says. And because of the joy awaiting Jesus, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in a place of honor besides God's throne And think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you've not given your lives in your struggle against sin. So that verse says, because of the joy awaiting Jesus, he looked beyond the cross. He endured the pain of the cross, the ridicule, the the shame, the torture for a reward that was out there. And let me tell you about this reward. It has a couple of components to it. The first component is the reward was finishing the race God had set before him, doing everything God had asked him to do. He did it perfectly. He was God in the flesh. So he did that when he crossed the finish line, gave his life. Second part of that reward for him, and this is a unique thing, was he did that for us. We were a part of that reward. The joy awaiting Jesus was the opportunity for us to be made right with God, that it was possible for us to enter a relationship with God that would last forever. And here's the crazy thing. Imagine an elite athlete running a marathon, winning, getting all the, the bling that comes with that, maybe some, some money that comes with that, and then going back to me at the end of the race going, listen, I want to share something with you. I'm going to share the bling. I'm going to share the money. Like it, It's yours. Like we couldn't imagine that happening, but that's what Jesus did. Jesus finished the race first and did it perfectly. And he comes back to all of us who are Christ followers and he says, I'm sharing this with you. Here's the reward. This is what I was focused on so that we could all enjoy this reward forever. Does that not sound amazing? Bible says that God is preparing a place for those who love him. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, Mind has not been able to comprehend what God has prepared for us who are Christ followers. That is amazing. Like there are moments I think about that. I'm like, wow, I can't wait to go. I can't wait to get there. Maybe not today, but someday I can't wait to get there. And then here's what verse 12 says. Hebrews 12 verse 12 tells us to do this. And this may be your thing. For a few of you, this may be the thing that you came for today and the thing that you need to take home. The author says, take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. So maybe the thing that you needed to hear today was it's time to take a new grip. Take a new grip. Like strengthen your your knees. I know you're getting weary. I know you're getting tired, but strengthen your knees. And there's going to be an incredible benefit when you do that. This verse tells us that we may not be able to run somebody else's race and other people can't run our races, but we can influence other people as they run their race just like other people can influence us as we run our race. So when we as Christ followers are running and hit an obstacle and we get up and keep going, that's a great encouragement to other people. When we trip and fall, maybe from our own sin issue, and we get up and we deal with that thing honestly and we move towards Jesus again, that can be a great encouragement. So I got to ask all of us, myself included, Do you want people who are watching you to run the way that you're running? Are you running in such a way right now that you would say to them, hey, run like I'm running? The apostle Paul said in another passage, he said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. That's like saying, follow me as I follow Christ. Can you say that to people around you? If so, Keep doing what you're doing. Keep running. Keep pressing into Jesus. If not, what adjustments do you need to make? If you're looking at how you're running right now and you're saying like, I gotta make adjustments, make those adjustments so that you can tell other people, hey, follow me as I follow Christ. Now, we're gonna close with a song that Evan's gonna come out and guide us in. And what I really encourage you to do today is what I encourage you at the beginning is find that one thing. What's your one thing? that you need to focus on this week? You know, is it that you need to focus on the huge crowd of witnesses? Like maybe you need to hear them cheering you on this week and stop listening to people who are saying, like, you'll never make it, you can't do it. Who do you need to listen to when it comes to you being cheered on in your race? Uh, is there something that's slowing you down, some weight issue that's slowing you down? If so, will you deal with that this week? Will you make that call? Will you have that conversation? Will you go to that Celebrate Recovery meeting? Will you do that thing that you know you need to do so you're not running with that extra baggage? Will you run your race and stop comparing yourself to other people? Maybe this week, you know, like I got to stop looking at at that other person, my my neighbor, my coworker, one of my family members. I just got to stop looking at them. I got to focus on my race Maybe you need to focus on the joy and the reward that waits at the finish line. That there's an incredible reward that waits for those who endure in the Christian life. And maybe this week, that's the thing you're gonna hold on to. And you're gonna take a new grip. You're gonna strengthen your knees. You're gonna mark out a straight path. And you're gonna run in a new way this week. So what do you need to do this week? Identify that one thing and then focus on that. So if you would, let's all pray together, and then Evan's going to close us out today. God, um, I just love scripture and, and what you say to us in scripture. There's just so much that we can learn in our relationship with you. And uh, God, the reality is the Christian life is hard. There are moments that it feels like agony, like we're running a marathon and and we're not sure that we can keep doing that. And yet, God, you provide us the resources. You provide us a huge crowd of witnesses that that cheer us on an example of Jesus to follow. So we've got all kinds of resources for us to learn from as we run the race that you've set before us. So Lord, I pray for all of us that we would focus on that one thing, that one thing for us this week that we need to, to zero in on. And apply that thing to our lives as we run this race. And, and Lord, there may be people here today who have not put their faith in you yet. They're, 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 they've not even started really the, the Christian race. I pray that they would this week, that they would understand how much you love them and what you did to, to die for them and the race that you ran so that you could share that reward with them as well. I pray that this week, maybe even today, Somebody would say, I need that. I want that. I'm going I'm to put my faith and trust in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. So Lord, guide us in the Christian life, in the race you've set before us, and help us to do what you're asking us to do. In Jesus' powerful name we pray this. Amen. Amen.